My dad always used to tell me, you can be the busiest machine shop in Chicago and you can be losing money. Or you can be one of the smallest and if you pick the right jobs that you know that you are gonna have true success, you're gonna make money on it. You just, you can't be coerced into moving out of that niche zone to take on that job. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metalworking Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts, business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr, and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. Hello, Metalworking Nation. Jim here at Making Chips. I'm so glad you tuned in with us today. We've got a great show ahead. I want to introduce to you my good friend and co-host of this podcast, Jason Zanger. How are you doing, Jim? I'm well, thanks. Well, I hope this this is is not um, the first introduction uh, hopefully people have listened to the podcast before and they know you and I. They do. I think they do. We're in their ear every week. So uh, yeah, hopefully let, it's yeah. not. Let's tell everybody how we're doing this particular podcast because it's a little different than we normally do. Yeah. So we're both coming from very heavy chip making uh, areas. You're, of course, in Chicago, <laughs> um, our, our, our normal place, our home. And I'm actually coming to you from Dallas. So I'm actually at a conference uh, here at the beautiful DFW airport. So I have literally not even left the airport. It's a uh, little, it's, it's a little depressing, actually. I'm, I'm actually looking yeah. at the tower and airplanes, and I haven't even left DFW. You're at the airport hotel. I'm in my hotel room, looking, looking at, at the, the airport. Air- yeah. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, Great. overseeing the airport. So yeah. It's, well, it's, I hope you're. I we're getting you're- down to business here. Would you like to share with me and our listeners what you're doing there? Yeah, sure. So we'd like to know. Yeah, absolutely. So my company is a affiliate or a member of a group called Affiliated Distributors. It's a group of industrial supply companies and also companies in other supply niches such as electrical, PVF, plumbing, other areas who market and source product together. And we meet twice a year and we... Um, oh, it's two times per year. I was going to ask Two times you per that. year, yeah. yeah. And we, we, we discuss best practices and how to make our businesses better. Kind of goes along the lines of, of what you and I want to bring to the machining industry, to the manufacturing industry, because yeah. we feel that there, there's a void there. And I'm going to take some of the what I, what I learned here, and you and I are going to put together a, a group of people in order to, um, to do the same thing. So it's, it's, it sounds great. Yeah, it's great what we do. And, and actually, as a group, we're about four times bigger than, than Granger. So um, it's quite a, a wieldy group of uh, companies that all work very cohesively. Sounds great, Jason. Yeah. Well, good luck. I, I hope you can uh, take away some good information from that. Oh, I always event. do. Well, that's great. So you so, have some manufacturing news for us, don't you? I do. So, you know, just this morning I was Googling through my manufacturing news and I found this article on The Guardian. It was called Five Vital Steps to Set Up a Successful Manufacturing Business. It's interesting. So course, it sounds like an episode. Yeah. So, of course, that really intrigued me and I read on and it, it's really good. It's a really succinct article. And I really, at the end of the day, um, the five steps are pretty basic steps that I think that you and I should 
reiterate to our listeners because everybody needs to keep reminding themselves of these five big steps when you're starting your own manufacturing company. The first one is you need the right support network in place. And we just talked means, about that. I, I, right, exactly. You're, you're there in Dallas to be supported by your peers for what you do and how you do business. And that's exactly what this is saying because it says, you know, when you start a business, you're full of enthusiasm, you're excited, you're ecstatic. You've got, you've got an order in your hand. Right, you're rah, rah, oh my God, the world's the best. But then, you know, 18 months, 24 months in, it, the, the hard reality starts. Yeah, you get a couple of knocks in the face and, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> so if you have an outreach peer group, so to speak, a, a support network that you can lean on, that's what they're saying that that's important. And you can find those through associations, chambers of commerces, anything. So and eventually uh, through making chips and eventually through making chips, because that's exactly what we do. We equip and inspire manufacturing leaders. The second one is location, location, location. We've all heard that proverb before. It's very common when we go to buy real the estate, real estate proverb, the real estate proverb, location, location, not from the location. book of Proverbs. Right. Exactly. It's a, it's a very well-known saying. And I, I live my life on that based on what I do with regards to how I buy real estate and what it means to me. Well, I but think one of the biggest things with that is probably the skilled team members that you need to have in order to run a successful manufacturing business. To me, right. that's critical with location. Now, also your suppliers are, are very critical well, too. Jason, the article goes on to say good transport links is one of the reasons why you want good location. So, well, that's again, why Chicago's like, always been successful. Exactly. I don't know if you know this. It's, it's yes. like the transportation hub of the United States. Right. We're right here. We're centrally located. If we need to get something to the East Coast, to the West Coast, or down south into Miami or Key West, it's a very easy and it's, it's a short duration where they're getting something from the West Coast to the East Coast. So location, location, location. And again, in starting your own manufacturing company, what they're saying is it make sure that it is a local transport hub to get your stuff. Yep. The third one, did you know what the third one is? Did you read the article? Well, I got it right here, finding the right factory. Yeah, so they're saying finding the right factory, they're making sure that if you have an industrial-based business, that you better make sure that that building that you're going to find has 223 phase. Have it ready for you to get in there or have have it prepared to the best of your ability before you actually get in there and, and have to make a lot of changes. Have it suitable to your particular industry. Yeah, our friend Mike Magliano in a previous episode spoke about some of those points too in more yeah, detail. Yeah, Mike is a fantastic industrial real estate person and he knows he knows that like the back of his hand. And then the fourth one is a great team. You and I both know and a, a lot of our peers that we talk to in the industry know how important a great team is and, and having you know great culture within your team. And you as well, you shared with me and you shared with our listeners how you at Zangers is trying to implement a great corporate culture. And they're saying that that's a key element to success when you have a, a new startup manufacturing company. Yeah. What we speak about on our leadership team is that as a company culture is that we are trying to create a high performance team. 
I love that. I love that. Sounds like a race car. Oh, know, well, that's, I mean, that's the adage. I mean, we, we want to be driving a, you know, Formula One race car, not a jalopy. Yeah, exactly. Not a Chevy Corvette, a Chevy Chevette, you know, I get it. Um, I don't know what so, that, what's a Chevy Chevette? You don't know what a Chevy Chevette is? No. Is that like from the sixties? <laughs> no, it's not. It's like around the eighties. You don't know what a Chevy Chevette is? I was like is? four. Google it, buddy. <laughs> I was like four years old. Give me a break. Oh, no. Oh, my God. My grandma had one. Yeah, exactly. It's a four-cylinder little car, and it get, it gets you from point A to point B for no no money. I can't believe you don't know what a Chevy Chevette is. Anyway, uh, the last one is your business model. Do you want to go ahead and tell or share with our listeners what business model is all about? Because it kind of segues into what our episode today is all about. Yeah, I mean, I think to me, when you when you speak of business model, that is just, you know, knowing who you are and what your vision is for the company, what your focus is, who your customers are, what your products are, what your culture is. To me, uh, that that's your business model. I agree with you 100%. And, Great. Um, well, let's... I know what mine is, and um, and I, I know you know what yours is well. And, you know, but it, it I think it's a good exercise to step back sometimes and think about your business model to to, to actually – Say to yourself, am I fulfilling exactly what I think my business model should be? Anyway, I, I, th I think in other news, Jason, um, we have a lot of good news to share amongst you and I. Oh, we do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What yeah, we, we're what really we excited just, about. Yeah, so I, I'll, I'll go ahead and introduce Jason. Jason was just installed as a new board member with our um, Regional Technology and Manufacturing Association, the TMA in Schaumburg, Illinois. He yeah, it's it's a great the, it's a great honor, and you know you're of course the chairman, and you know it it helps to know people in high places. But I, you know I, I like to think that well, I don't like to think I know that I was chosen independent of you. So um, you so were, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you you put the time in, and and you know. You've earned that right to be on the board, and I think you will bring a, a, a lot of good things to our association. Good ideas. I do. I, I, I genuinely believe that. Thank you. And um, um, I'm I'm excited to to lead this manufacturing association over the next twelve months. And um, what did you think about my uh, chairman's address I gave that night? You you did a great job. I mean, it, it was very it was very impactful, and you know, I, I loved how you um, you know went through you know not only the the history of your company, but also the history of you know your experience in the manufacturing industry. You know, from starting off in high school and working with your dad and some of the people that really were impactful to you. I, I thought it was great. And um, thank you. You definitely deserve being chairman of the association and you're going to do a great job. And I love what you're going to be kind of hanging your hat on, which is to bring more of the smaller and the less engaged members to become more engaged. I think that that's great because you come from that smaller machining company. Right. And I, I think that you're going to bring some some good camaraderie with some of those smaller machining companies, smaller manufacturing companies that um, maybe should be a little bit more engaged because as you and I know, there's so much to be... So much there's, value. There's so, so much, much value, value there. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. There's so much yeah. value to be had by being a part of an association. You know, if you're in the middle of Oklahoma, which Jim and I like to talk about this, 
you know, it's Nebraska, not, not Oh, Oklahoma. whatever. Okay. Mine's yeah. Oklahoma <laughs> or let's say the middle, how about the middle of, um, the middle of Texas since I'm okay. in Texas, my, you're in Texas um, now. my wife is from Texas. Um, if you're in the middle of Texas in you know, in the, in the, in, you know, there's five machining companies near you. Well, you know, start an association of those five manufacturing companies and just be impactful to each other. You know, I think that there's so much value to be had from that. I agree. I agree. So let's get on with this episode. What do you want to call it? Uh, we're going to call it Riches in the Niches. Riches in the Niches. And w- when you hear that sentence, what does that mean to you, Jason? Zinger? Well, I, I think what it means is that you will be a profitable, strong, foundational company by being true to the niche that you have you decided for your company. And I agree. And remember, you know, you know what I think about Jason when when we were going back a couple of years now, and, and and you pitched the idea of creating a manufacturing podcast to me, and we talked about a strategy for content on the podcast, and then we kept going back: should we go big and wide on content and make it crossover? To different industries. Yeah, I think what we should... were discussing is like, you know, manufacturing versus making chips. Exactly. Is like, do, we, do we hit that whole manufacturing industry, which could be anywhere from, you know, food to electronics? Or do we focus on the people that, you know, we really know and love and, and um, can really speak to? Um, which the is the metalworking nation. The metalworking yeah. nation, exactly. The metalworking nation, exactly. So what does it mean? To Jason Zanger and Zanger's Industrial Supply, I mean, w- tell me when you think of how you're niched out, what does it mean to you, Jason? Because I know I know what I think about at Car Machine and Tool, and I, I've, I've been in the industry for decades, and I've struggled with trying to move out of my niche or try to narrow it down a little bit more, try to widen it out. But why don't you share with me, because I really don't know, You've, you, we've never really talked about this that intimately, but why don't you share with me and the listeners right now what that means to you and Zanger's Industrial Supply? Great. Thank you. So for me, which, you know, my company is not, we're not a machining company. We do some, you know, light, very light manufacturing. Okay. So we sell tools, supplies, and equipment. And to, to companies like me. The companies like you, but yeah. you know, the tools, supplies, and equipment that we sell could also be sold to companies unlike you. But we have decided that for us to bring the most value to our customer base and also to remain as strong and as profitable as we possibly can, that we need to stay within a niche. And for us, that niche is a customer base, the manufacturing industry. So, you know, some of our competitors could be selling tools and supplies to a construction company, a contractor, a hospital, who knows what else, an airport, you know, I'm here in the airport, and they could be selling to the maintenance department of an airport. Well, that's not our niche. And we're not going to sell to a construction company. We're not going to seek that business out. Yeah, but don't you think, and I'm I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but don't you think if you broadened your scope that you could have more success, your sales would increase and sales is is a reflection of profit, right? 
Yeah, well, I actually, I mean, actually don't think it would because I think it would distract us. So okay. I, okay, I think good. that if – and it also allows us to get more intimate with the manufacturing industry and really know who we are and know who our customers are. So I, I think if we, we tried to be too broad in our customer base, I like to think we're, we're actually, I think, very broad in our product offering. But what we're not brought in is our customer base. So we really stick to a customer. That's where we decided that our niche was. That is the manufacturing industry. And you know um, what, Jason? I, I think it's funny because I know, I know your history and you were never like that. Before. No, we weren't. Be because yeah. when, your, when your grandfather was president, CEO, owner of Zanger's Industrial Supply, it was a completely different business model, am I right? Yeah, so it was a completely di different business model. And I'll, I'll actually briefly take you through the iterations of that. So when my grandfather started the company, we were more or less the general store of that very, very small geographic area, which at the time was a lot of farmlands. And so we were selling tools and supplies to anywhere from a homeowner to a manufacturing company to the so municipality. You were more like a local hardware store. Really? Right? Yeah, like the local supply store. So at the time when we, when we went into business, the, the word industrial supply was, was not a term. Everybody that bought from a, you know, a mill supplier or a hardware store. So that was how my grandfather started the company. And when my father and my uh, uncle took over the company, they moved out of the niche of selling to just anybody to saying, we're only going to sell business to business. So we're not going to sell to B2C. Yeah, we're, we're going to close on the weekends. We're going to close in the evenings. We're not going to sell to consumers. We're only going to sell to to other businesses. But they were still selling to a broad gamut of companies, businesses. And then when I took over the company, I said, we need to niche down again and we're only going to sell to manufacturing oh, companies and we're going to only I didn't know focus that. there. And, and I, didn't, we're, I didn't, I didn't know there was a double niche. In yeah. Yeah. And we're, and we're no, going to become, and we're going to become specialists in the manufacturing industry and we're going to have metalworking chip making application people on our staff in order to add that value to our client base. So yeah, Sounds it was great. a double niche. Yeah, I get that. I would say you don't have to say that your niche is just the customer base. So I know that like, and you know, this is partly me, you know, saying I know, um, but also me asking you the question because I think you should describe it. I know your niche and your niche is not just customer base. It's probably partially customer base, but it's not just customer base. It's if I were to categorize your niche and you can, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I would say it's probably more product based. So why don't you, it is. yeah, why don't you describe yeah. that? Happy to share with you and the listeners what it is, and I, I think you're you're right. You do you do know me because we're friends, and we you know we've known each other for years. But yeah, so we made a cognizant decision years ago that we were going. You know, we did both CNC vertical machining and turning, and we 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 kind of were like figuring out like where our strengths were in the business, where our profitabilities were, what. What, where were the greater margins? And we decided that the turning aspect wasn't quite as profitable as the CNC vertical machining. So we kind of at that time made a decision to kind of go in that direction. Now, can I ask you a question? It, was it absolutely, was it not profitable? Um, because it just that that product category simply wasn't profitable, or was it not profitable because maybe the jobs or the customers you were doing it for, or maybe your expertise was more in the milling? What what, what do you think? 
all of the above. Okay. I'm just speaking from our experience. The margins that we saw were not as high as they were in VMC machining, in, in three and four axis machining. So you did so some careful cost analysis based we on did. the jobs you were doing. We did. And we were small enough that we could do that. So that's one aspect of how we niched down our business. The other thing too is, you know, we really don't look for the big Fortune 500 companies that we want to do business with. Uh, we do the same thing, Jim. We're, we, we're B, C, and D accounts. Okay, so we don't do A well, accounts like you just said. No fortune, right. you know. Fortune I don't want to deal with them. They're 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 looking for something completely different than what I can offer them. And what I can offer that mid level company is I can offer them an intimate relationship of communication and service. And you know, I, I know everyone gets caught up and say, you know, well, we're the best because our quality, our delivery, blah 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 blah. But at the end of the day. I genuinely believe that we are truly communicating the entire buying process. It is, it's truly a first class experience to deal with car. And lately I've been saying that we're a boutique machine shop in the fact that we really have learned how to punch it up to like, you know, like when you have a five star hotel experience, it's almost like having a five-star CNC machining machine shop experience. That's how I'm trying to differentiate myself and, and to niche my business down. Because let me tell you, you know as well as I do, there are 50 machine shops in a three-mile radius of where my oh, shop absolutely. is at. And I don't want to be like everybody else. I need to be different than everybody else, and I need to provide that extra added value that those other shops are not giving our customers. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, and, and I, you know, I can see that in your business and you are, you know, a very high class business. And I would say that, you know, your, I've never seen your, you know, your profit and loss um, statement or anything like that, but you know, you appear I'll, I'll, share, I'll share that with you. Okay, later. great. Well, okay. Um, then I'll have real, real data to back the, up the statement. But, um, you know, I, I see you as being, you know, like one of the most, you know, successful, small machining business owners that I've come across before. So, um, you know, kind of goes all, to like size doesn't always matter either. It doesn't. And you know what? It and is. that's a whole nother episode unto itself too. It is. <laughs> but you know what it is? It's picking the right jobs. My dad always used to tell me, you can be the busiest machine shop in Chicago and you can be losing money, or you can be one of the smallest. And if you pick the right jobs that you know that you are gonna have true success and make a good profit margin on it, something that you can just kill and, and get it done, something that you know really well, you're going to make money on it. You just, you can't be coerced into moving out of that niche zone to take on that job. Yeah, those are because great words from Richard Carr. Great words from my dad. He's the one that's inspired me and molded me into the way I am today. But um, yeah, so that's what he taught me about niche. And he probably didn't even realize that he was teaching me that. Of course not. My, so, my dad says very profound things all the time too, and he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't. They don't. They don't appear profound to him. So they yeah. don't. 
They're just the way you did things. I think we've overcomplicated business over the years. I agree. I agree. So anyway, you know, I think that on the surface, we've just shared with our listeners what we think niche means to you and to me. And hopefully that our listeners, we can convey that message and, and equip them and inspire them to think about what their true niche is and they can amplify that niche to be more profitable and um, move forward to become better businesses in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, just as a, a closing remark on this episode, um, th this is actually the type of topic that, you know, Jim and I want to really get into the details with this core group of machining leaders that we're going to get together with at IMTS and discuss business practices and take some of these concepts that Jim and I have talked about and really put pen to paper and say, you know, wh where's your direction moving forward? What is your niche? Let's figure out how to define that. So that way you can use that as a filter um, in the future in order to grow your business and to know which jobs not to take like your dad would recommend. Yeah, yeah. Well, he wouldn't recommend. He'd tell me, you know, don't don't take them. You know, don't don't sell yourself short. Do what you do best and move forward for that. Of yeah, course, and it helps to define you have that. To, but you have to evolve too. Yeah, you I do. Mean, you know what I mean? Because you you can't you can't be stuck in a thirty year niche like we always talk about. Implement technology into your business, and and if if you see that there is an area that you can move into that you need to experiment with those areas as well. I, I wouldn't take it on full circle. I would, I would move slowly and, and get a little bit of research and then move into it. Well, but everything I, needs to be evaluated, including your, including your niches. And there might be a time and a place where both Jim and I say, you know what, here is a, you know, fortune 100 and an a account that um, we're going to start doing business with because it makes sense for our business model. And then our niche changes and, you Absolutely. know, but you just need to, you, you need to make sure you're very strategic about that. And, and you do evaluate it on a regular basis, but it's got to be strategic. You bet. And I'm glad you mentioned IMTS 2016 because we are going to have a workshop, at least one, around IMTS week, which is in Chicago in, in September. I don't have the dates in front of me right now. But I would like to share with our listeners that we are proud to announce that we are a podcasting partner of IMTS, and we're going to be promoting the show on Making Chips, and we're going to be there. We're going to be broadcasting live, and we'd love to meet um, and engage with our listeners because I'm sure they're going to be there. You know, we'd love to meet them in person, but we'd love to have you part of our workshop that we're going to facilitate and organize. And it's going to be a great time. It's going to be a, it's a really going to be a deep dive into our businesses and, and where they need help. And hopefully we can help them and equip them even more than we're doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, one other big announcement that we have is um, not only is IMTS going to be a partner of ours, but think of the um, if our listeners could just close their eyes, don't do it if you're driving. Um, but think of the biggest, brightest display in the tooling pavilion at IMTS. And I think I everybody is. Yeah, it, I, I know, too. And I think everybody probably knows it's the San Vicormont pavilion. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, and they're going to be a partner of ours. So we're really excited to tell everybody about that. 
Yeah, I, I think it, it, it's great. We're, we're really uh, blessed to have these major sponsors with us right now. Yeah, they believe in and, our vision for making chips. Yeah, I think that's and great. I got to tell you, you know, I was just at Sandvik the other day, you know, kind of they're kind of upload some information to us. And boy, I got to tell you, Jason, the first thing that I saw that they introduced to me is they have these apps. It's, you know, they're available on Google Play and the iTunes store. Does anybody use and, Google Play? Yes, Jason, you know <laughs> I do. Actually, I know actually, you can my, get them on iTunes no, or the App Store. No, definitely on Google Play. I've already downloaded three already. And I have to tell you, you know, as an old school machinist guy, I mean, this stuff gets me excited because, you know, all I do, I look out into my shop. I see all those millennials out there at the machine. They've got their device in their hand. And they want you to know, use I, it. I, they want to use technology. Use yeah, I don't want them texting their friends and saying, let's go out for a beer at 630 tonight, you know, meet you at the local bar. I want them to be downloading these Sandvik apps because what they're doing is it's equipping them with information that they never had before. It's benchmarking. Like one that I saw the other day was just giving you speeds and feeds to automatically benchmark the surface feed per minute, the chip per tooth, the kind of carbide that they need. Well, I actually have, I mean, if you go into the um, the Apple App Store on, on your iPhone, which I've actually got it open right now, um, okay. they have nine apps. And Nine. They, Seriously, I didn't know yeah, there was that many. Uh, there's a lot. And, and you know, they vary in exactly, you know, what the point of the app is. I think maybe in future episodes, you and I might touch upon um, some of those different apps. But they have nine apps. So they've got a lot of different things that you can explore. Sweet. Yeah, I think it's great. I think that that's great technology. And I think that it's uh, going to be very well received by the millennials and, and even some of the old school guys like myself, because, you know, we don't want to think anymore. It's just it's taking out the areas that you could fail in and, or guessing. You don't have to guess anymore. Yeah. You pick up your you pick up your device, you plug in a couple criterias and boom, you've got the answer right away. So great. Yes, we're exci I'm excited to have Sandvik on board with us. It's going to be a great campaign and uh, they're great people and they have a quality product. Yes. So, and like we always, we always say at the end of our episodes is, you know, we don't know everything. Do you know everything, Jason? Uh, I, I don't. I'm, I'm slowly working on it, but I don't I think am, that I'll ever truly be there. But I'm going to try to strive for everything as best I can. Exactly. And, and, me, and me as well. And even I've got a couple of years on you and I, I have to. I do read a lot, though, Jim. I know you do. Well, so I'm listen, trying to learn about everything. I know. I know. You read more than anybody I know. But, I, I'm trying to read 40 books this year. 40. Yeah. Is that a goal? That's my goal. Yeah. Where are you at right now? Um, I've actually read about at least 10 books so far. Good man. You're better yeah. than me. So <laughs> anyway. In that, in that so, category at least. Yeah. Good for you. Um, so anyway, you know, we're just here to share our life experiences in this uh, crazy industry that we've chosen to be part of. It's, it's all exciting to, to see where we're going as individuals and business owners and manufacturers and podcasters. And we hope that we're inspiring and equipping you, our listeners, to, to do things better and uh, hopefully make informed decisions going forward. So you want to tell our listeners how they can get a hold of us if they have any questions regarding our workshop or IMTS or... or yeah, I mean, I would say at this point, I, I really would encourage you to call our phone number and leave us a message. It's 
1-800-242-0245 and leave a message and um, let us know your question and also a way to get back a hold of you. You know, Jim and I do love that personal touch. So to me, that would, that would be, that would be the best. Give us an idea for an episode, ask us a question, tell us you're interested in our IMTS workshop. Sounds great. We look forward to seeing everybody there too. Chicago, September. I think it's the second week. With that, bam. Bam. This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share and what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear, and we'll see you next time on Making Chips.